What's up, y'all, and welcome to the Jack Vita Show. I am your host, Jack Vita. Really cool episode being recorded today on October 22nd, 2019. It's a Tuesday, and this is a special bonus episode. This episode, we will not be going in the direction of sports. We occasionally like to mix it up and talk about some reality TV or some movies or food or whatever. Um, So if you're looking for sports content, you're not going to find it in this episode today. But if you want sports content, you can look back, just recorded a World Series preview with Chase Beebe and also had Brandon Vickery on to talk about MLB managers, Cubs just hired a new manager. We break that down. We share our thoughts. So if you're looking for that stuff, you can go back, you can find that or look forward to some of the other stuff that we have coming up next week, which I'll tell you about later in this episode. If you are starving for sports content, you can go listen to that. But I think you should also listen to this episode. So this episode's going to be a little different. I have joining me in just a second. Leslie Niece, a.k.a. Sister Christian, from the 15th season of American Survivor on CBS. Survivor China, that's right. She was on the show for nine days, and she tells us today, she gives us a look inside, what's it like going on a reality show, living on an island, starving? She gives us a peek behind the curtains. It's really interesting, and These are the kind of interviews that I really wanted to do when I started up this podcast. And so I think this podcast is going to be very informative. In addition to that, we have a great conversation about faith. Leslie is a Christian, uh, was very vocal about her faith on the show. So we're going to have a cool conversation about that. I really am excited. So at this time, I want to welcome in Leslie Neese. How are you doing, Leslie? I am so great. How are you doing? I'm doing well. The weather good. is not good here in Chicago, but Oh, it's perfect here in Utah. Absolute perfection. <laughs> <laughs> What's it looking it always, like? Well, it's just very sunny. It's always sunny here. It's oh. gorgeous. I mean, it's chilly, you know, we're in the high desert, but it's um it's always just beautiful and sunny here. It's lovely. That's awesome. So, Leslie, yeah. how many years has it been since you played Survivor now? <sighs> that was uh, back in 2007. So, I don't know, what, 12 years? 12 years ago. Wow. Feels like it was just yesterday. Tell me about it. I know. (laughs) I know. I can't believe it. I mean, all of us who were on the show were like, what? How was that 12 years ago? It seems like yesterday. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's, it must be really cool. I always see with the survivor community, you guys have a really cool group of friends in terms of people from your season, people from other seasons must be really cool to be a part of that. You know, it is really cool. And it's funny. I kind of called it. I knew it was going to happen. The night before <laughs> I left, I rolled over to my husband. I go, you know, our family's about to grow. And because um, I just knew, I mean, for me, I am such a people person. And I knew I had been praying for these people for years because I tried out 11 times, like wow. every six months for five and a half years. And I knew that one day I'd be on the show. Don't ask me how, but I just knew. (laughs) And um, so I decided, okay, then I'm going to start praying for whoever my tribe is going to be. So I had like a love for these people already. And I was like, the whole way there, I remember on the plane, I was like, Lord, how in the world am I going to vote these people off? Like, that's going to be hard because now I already love them and I haven't even met them. (laughs) And, and it was like, he was like, don't worry about it. Well, he, I didn't have to worry about it because I was the first one voted up I tried. <laughs> so now I'm like, okay, God, I get it. <laughs> Were you the third person vote out or fourth yeah. person? 
I was the third, but it was the first in my tribe. Yeah. So, yeah. But I mean, they really, I don't know why they picked me first. I think they were afraid because I had bonds with the other tribe because they had kidnapped me as part of a challenge. And there were some Christians on the other tribe. And when I came back, me and my big mouth decided to let them know that there were three other Christians and we were, you know, chatting about our faith. And so then they were like, oh, that's the tie that binds. We got to get her out of here. So I blew it. It's kind of funny because it, for some reason, if I watched, so I rewatched Survivor China a couple years ago. It's been two years now since I watched it. For some reason, it seems like you left a big impact on that season. Like you were there longer than three episodes. Like I, if I had to guess... I'm not like a trivia buff. I would have guessed you were there for about five episodes. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you. I, you know, it's funny. I had one of the producers from our tribe, um, David, he sent me a message on, um, oh gosh, what was it called? MySpace. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember that? That's how long ago this was, guys. Okay. Um, He sent me a message on MySpace and said, Leslie, I know you're disappointed that you only lasted nine days. He said, but I want you to know you made more of an impact in nine days than most people do in an entire season. Wow. You should be very proud of yourself. And this was a man who did not believe what I believe. Like he was a Jewish man and he was very intrigued by my faith and he was so supportive of me as a person. Um, and, and he loved kind of what, you know, the, I guess I would say the impact spiritually that I had on that tribe um, kind of blew him away a little bit. It kind of blew me away, but um, the Lord just, he knows what he's doing when he puts people together, you know? Amen. So Mm -hmm. let's talk about your one shining moment, or I guess you have more than one shining moment, but... (laughs) I had a few, I had a few light dimming moments as well. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but let's talk about the shining ones. Yeah, the the big one that everyone seems to remember you for, where you earned the nickname. Well, I don't know if you earned the nickname Sister Christian in this instance. Oh, but yeah, definitely. <laughs> everyone knows you as Sister Christian, Survivor China, the woman who left the Buddhist temple at the welcome ceremony. Can you yes. please just tell the whole story behind this? I know there are a lot of oh, people listening yes. who did not watch this season, don't know what I'm talking about. So I'm going to turn it over to you. Story time, Leslie. Story time with Leslie Neese. Okay. Um, Basically, when we were going up to the temple, nobody had really talked yet because we were together for like a week and a half before they let you, you know, onto the show and you're not allowed to talk to each other because they don't want you forming relationships and bonds. So none of us had really talked. So nobody really knew where anybody stood. As we're going through this this welcoming ceremony at the Buddhist temple, I mean, it probably lasted an hour, hour and a half. I mean, it was a really long period of time. Uh, on the show, it seemed like five minutes, but it was so much longer <laughs> than that. Um, they had us going into different rooms, and they had lighting incense and all this stuff. And finally, at the end, and the whole time I'm like praying under my breath, I'm like, Lord, what am I going to do? I, I feel really uncomfortable. Just tell me if I'm crossing a line. Just give me a give me a heads up because I don't even know what any of this means, and um, and I had peace about it to a certain extent until the very end when they had everyone bow in front of the statue, and you know my first thought was, you know, I had been raised in sort of a legalistic, it's all about your behavior kind of religion, and I was now free of that and had realized that when you surrender your heart to Christ, like. He changes you from the inside out. It's not about your behavior. He wants your heart. 
You know what I mean? More than he wants what you do. And, um, and I had given my heart completely to him. And so I felt confident until the end. And I, when they wanted me to bow and I said, at this point, I knew I started to bow because I was like, I'll just pray to Jesus. I'll pray to God through Jesus Christ as I'm on the floor. You know, he's more concerned about my heart. But as I started to, to bow down, you'll see, I, I actually put a knee down and it was like, it was probably one of the most powerful moments of my life, very defining moment for me. It was almost as if the Holy Spirit took me underneath the armpits and like picked me up. And, and it was like, okay, you're crossing the line. I was like, all wow. right, I'm done. So I looked back and I saw the producer, actually David, I saw him and I go, I can't do this. And he just kind of shrugged his shoulders like, well, what are you going to do? And so I was like, all right, well, I just <laughs> walked out. And then I stood outside of this Buddhist temple And I tell people this and it's going to sound crazy, but like, I've never felt the presence of God as, as, as much as I did that day, like on the outside of a, of a Buddhist temple. And I felt his presence and it was so heavy Wow! and it, it was his pleasure. Like I'd never felt that before. And I sunk like to the ground. It was just, I couldn't even stand. And I just sobbed and, and I was just like, he answered a prayer for me in that moment. This is what people don't understand. Like I wanted to be on survivor so bad. Like it was a dream that was to the point where I was praying, Lord, don't let this mean more to me than you do. Cause I was afraid. I was like, Oh my gosh, like I'm obsessed with this. And I said, I don't want this to be about me. I want this to be about you. So Lord, don't let this dream be more than you are to me. And so in that moment, I realized he meant more to me than the game because I was under the assumption the producers told us, if you offend the Chinese culture in any way, we're going to take you out of the game and put your alternate in. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I thought when I walked out, people don't realize this. I thought I was saying goodbye to Survivor. I thought it was game over for Leslie. So that's why I cried. I was like, <laughs> God, I don't even care. I don't even want this stupid show. I, I want you, and this is all that matters. And so at that moment, it was like I was free. I was free of everything. It was amazing. It was so awesome. And um, so then we all stood up together. And, and, you know, they can't show that part in editing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, they don't know what's going on in my heart. So then we're standing there, and Jeff Probst, I'm thinking he's certainly going to say something to me, right? And he did. But first he said something to John Robert, because apparently John Robert walked out too. Oh, really? I didn't see it, but apparently he walked out and he asked John Robert first. He's like, John Robert, why did you walk out? What was that about? And he's like, I don't know. It just felt weird. I'm not religious. That's all he said. Hmm. And then he goes, now, Leslie, I saw you couldn't, you know, stay. What happened with you? And I said, well, I'm not religious either, but I have a relationship with Jesus Christ and I'm only going to put my face on the floor for him. And they edited out the part where I said either. And made it sound like I was just like randomly saying, I'm not religious, <laughs> but I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. They didn't even show John Robert getting out. So it, it was just kind of a weird, like, I don't think I would have said, I'm not religious. I have a relationship yeah. with Jesus Christ. I was kind of playing off what John Robert said, but it kind of made it look like, why is she bringing that into this? Like, <laughs> <laughs> But it was so perfect because I had so many people like... I mean, there were 15 million people watching it just the day that it it aired in the United States and then all over the world. And I still get mail from people all over the world saying, 
what did you mean by that? Hmm. And I'm able to explain the gospel and like what it means to have a relationship with Christ rather than trying to be religious and gaining his approval with your behavior. And um, so I'm thankful that that happened, but it, you know, it happened a little different than you got to see on TV. Yeah, I believe that. So you mentioned the part about the alternate. Yeah. I want to take a step back and talk about that. I would assume in this instance, if that is what happened, then they would have never showed you on the show and they would have put the alternate in. And I think the season before was Fiji, right? Yeah. No, it was after. Fiji yeah, was the right season, after. Yeah, the season before oh, yours. Oh, no, no, no. It was before, yeah. It was yeah. before, yeah. And yeah. so Fiji is this, I think, I don't know if they started doing alternates after Fiji, um, but Fiji had the season where there was the woman who uh, wasn't able to compete and she took herself out a couple days before. Right, right. Yeah. So they, I mean, and to be honest, I never saw our alternates. I don't know if they were just saying that. I don't know. Um, and I've never heard anybody say I was an alternate for Survivor China. So if you're oh. listening and you were an alternate, please <laughs> let me know. Because I have a feeling it was an empty threat. But, you know, they do that. They try to scare you into being good. And um, and I, I was not disrespectful in what I did. I was very respectful. I was very quiet. I just quietly slipped out. I didn't like make a fuss. I didn't yell at everybody. Yeah. Um, and so I think that, you know, that they weren't offended by what I did. However, um, a lot of people in America um, and in the world were pretty offended by that. They thought I was intolerant. And um, I even got some hate mail comparing me to the Taliban. Whoa. <laughs> I was like, dude, did you even watch that show? Like, I mean, <laughs> what? I like walked out quietly and I cried. Like, oh, come on. Um, but, you know, that people just see what they see. And you just kind of have to, you know, if you can't, if you can't handle the criticism, you probably shouldn't be on Survivor. People are going to say things. And a lot of it is ugly. Most of it, things that you hear are going to be ugly. Um, so you just kind of have to be okay with yourself. I want to talk about that part in a second in terms of the reaction, life after Survivor, uh, yeah. and plenty of that. But the last bit about this story I'm curious about, did production ever say anything to you afterwards? They were like, oh, you're fine. You're good. Uh, they never said anything, but I assumed when Jeff kind of kept me in and took me down and they were asking, I was like, okay, well, I guess they're not too offended by that. Um but I was okay with either. I was like, okay, well, game over. Um, the thing that it did was it put a target on my back that people knew that I had. They knew that all of a sudden I was Sister Christian, and they knew that I was going to make decisions that were, you know, probably not in the best interest of an alliance based on just my morality. And um, so I had a lot of work cut out for me going into the game, trying to help people trust me. Um, but, you know, to be honest, I, I think it all worked out for the best. And I'm, I, I really have, I just don't have any regrets. The only thing I would say I regretted right after is that I'm just so honest. Um, and you don't have to be so honest. You can just kind of keep quiet on Survivor yeah. <laughs> because it's a game, you know what I mean? But um, because I had been praying for these people, like I already had a love for them and um it was pretty hard to play a pretty vicious game when you have, I don't know, the, when you have Christ in you. It's hard. Yeah. I mean, it's hard.
Yeah, I was just rewatching um, Survivor Redemption Island, if you remember Matt Elrod. Oh, and he, yeah. He goes through a lot of that stuff. Have you ever met him? I haven't. He's very quiet. He doesn't go around and do a whole lot of things for Survivor. Yeah, he's on the Hallmark Channel now sometimes. Oh, really? That's cool. I'll have to check that out. <laughs> yeah, he's been in a couple Hallmark movies, uh, which I have enjoyed, to say the least. I Good. like Hallmark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's an interesting uh, dilemma, I guess, that you bring up in terms of inner conflict. And your tribe, I'm going to remind people, because not everyone here is going to remember every single season of what? Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't either. So, <laughs> Well, sometimes I'll bring up something. I'll be, hey, mom, you remember when this happened? And she's like, no. How do, why no. do you remember that? That's weird. Yeah. Yeah, you're weird. Quit it. <laughs> you were in a tribe that seemed to be a little more, much more cutthroat than the other tribe, if that mm. serves my memory correct. Uh, oh, yeah. And you had a lot of all-stars on your tribe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gravedigger James and Courtney and Todd <laughs> and Amanda so many yeah. big characters. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think our whole tribe was memorable. We had the lunch lady, Denise. We yeah. had Aaron, the surfing instructor. We had John Robert, the poker player. You know, Leslie, the Christian radio host. I mean, all of us were just so, like, larger than life kind of personalities that I think that's why there was so much... Um, it was tough. I mean, they, they were super cynical. Uh, either they were cynical or they loved me a lot. And that caused a problem uh, because then I was liked. And so then people didn't like that I was liked. The cynical ones I would say would be like James who liked me initially, but then was like more, he, he and John Robert became buddies and decided that I was, you know, an old lady, which makes me laugh because, <laughs> oh my gosh, that was, I was like 38. Give me a break. <laughs> and, um, you know, so it, it was tough kind of putting up with that, but like, I think about the cool relationships that developed in my in my tribe, and I I really have no regrets because, like Courtney and I, people we didn't get to see it very much in the show, and I remember we would call each other after every show. I'm like, they didn't show us yet. They didn't show us. Why aren't they showing us? And um, and then we realized that it didn't make sense to them. Why are they getting along? This yeah. You why are they getting along? They shouldn't be getting along. She is a <laughs> loud mouth you know, yeah. cussing waitress from <laughs> New York City. And this is a Southern Christian mom. Why are they getting along? And I'll tell you why we got along. Because Courtney and I were there not to play a game as much as we were to be ourselves and and try to you know get through a game in that. And we were both there with pretty pure motives. Hmm. Um, and and I think that that was the the big connection. And I learned so much from her. And she learned so much from me. And I mean, to this day, we're very close. And, you know, same with Todd. I, I got very close to him as well. And Amanda. Um, they all three called me mama. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I basically felt like they were my kids. And I prayed for them as if they were when I was voted out. So I was pretty excited that they made top three. That's so cool. And yeah, I remember I do remember it, they did show you it seemed like you were the first person to really start to talk to James. It seemed like he was pretty yeah. quiet. At he first. was. He was. He was so <laughs> funny. I was like, I went up to him. And I'm like, so like, well, he came to me, actually. He goes, oh. he goes, okay, so here's the thing. I feel like everybody really likes you. So you have this social thing down. Um, he's like, can you give me some tips on how to be more sociable? And I was like, 
all right. And he's like, well, do I need to be more charming? And I was like, no, charm is deceptive. You be you and you'll be fine. And I was like, so what do you do? And he's like, well, I bury people. (laughs) And I was like, whoa, what? That's interesting. Okay. So talk about that, you know? And I said, ask people questions. They love to talk about themselves. And, you know, I kind of gave him some tips and, um, and then he got the fan freaking favorite, hundred grand. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, you know. But it was so funny. I was proud of him. I love James. It is funny because he seemed like he seemed so quiet. But if yeah. you like think about how big a star he's become from this I know. show, I know. like you wouldn't think of him as being quiet. Mm-mm, mm-mm. But he was. He was very quiet, and he was very to himself. And you know, he kind of like he was just very serious. And, um, I remember he would not hug, he would not hug no matter what. And I'm a hugger. I was hugging everybody. And, uh, so finally at one point I did hug him and he hugged me back and I go, James, you hugged me. Well, when we went to the, um, we went to the finale, we were in uh, Los Angeles. His dad came up to me and he picked me up and he rolled me around like he just like <laughs> twirled me around in a big hug. He goes, "Sister Christian." And I was like, "Well, hello. Who are you?" He's like, "I'm James's dad." He goes, "I just wanted to give you a hug cuz you taught my son how to hug." <laughs> I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's awesome." That is awesome. And his dad, I I don't know if he came on your season, but I I remember he was James's loved one on Micronesia, oh, I want to yeah, say. Yeah. Yeah, he was he's a big guy. He looks just like James, just older. You yeah. Know? So yeah, I basically was enveloped in in a hug. I was like, who is this man and why am I at his chest right now? Um <laughs> but then when I realized why, I thought it was hilarious. So <laughs> that's so cool. So yeah, it seemed like your your tribe is kind of like we think about old school survivor and your your season came kind of in the middle. Uh, yeah. It was 15 and now we're at 40 and eventually it's going to be like China was old school. Yeah, <laughs> at this rate. I think I'm probably already there. Let's just call it what it is. Time of death, one oh seven p.m. No. <laughs> yeah, I think we're old school, but I'm OK with that. We were actually the last season before they went high death. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, and they told me that and I was like, oh, thank God, you know, my, <laughs> my wrinkles and my acne or whatever, you know, the hairs growing out of your chin aren't going to show up. And so, you know, it's a little, it's funny. You can tell when you go back and watch the seasons, like our season is a square. Like if you watch it on Hulu or whatever, it's still, it doesn't fit the whole TV because it wasn't high def. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I remember I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was either Micronesia or Gabon where they started doing the... Uh, which came right after yours. But yeah, mm-hmm. I guess I was thinking like the other tribe seemed a little more like of the old school kind of tribe. And it seemed like your tribe was more of like what you'd see on a modern season where they're playing yeah. much more uh, chess Strategic. than checkers. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, you know, the, I think the other tribe was just very young uh, and they were um, pretty powerful personalities, but all kind of the same personality. You know, they all really got along well. When I went over there, I was just shocked. I was like, oh, so this is what it's like, you know. <laughs> and granted, they probably put their best foot forward when I was there. But um, yeah. but it, it was really amazing to me to see people getting along. And it really, uh, to the fact where my final speech at Tribal Council was like me telling my tribe, you guys need to have more fun. You know, those people won that challenge because of their their heart, not because of their strength, 
you know, you guys are strong, but if you don't get along, if you don't have some fun, you're going to be miserable. That's true. It's very yeah. interesting. You know, I do wish they showed more of you and Courtney. I, I, I wonder, do you think some of it is because you didn't last very long that it didn't play like a big part in this season? It could be. And I think there was a lot to show in the three episodes that I was in because I was kidnapped and also the one that was chosen to get the clue. You know, there was yeah. just a lot. I think because I didn't last. Um, and also, I mean, I had producers say to me, well, it just didn't make sense. You know, like yeah. we would have had to show a lot more than just what we showed because yeah. people would have been like, what? Why are these two getting along? <laughs> and um but yeah, she and I were inseparable. I mean, we used to go, we used to, call, we called it the air conditioned area. It was just like <laughs> down by a river and like in some shade. And we would talk for hours because there's really nothing to do there. And it was just me and her. And she and I have both said, I wish to God we had the footage from our yeah. air conditioning moments because that was where we really connected on a really deep level. So cool. I think, yeah. Because I, I think about one of the things that always has drawn me to survivor is seeing those unlikely friendships and unlikely people come together and i always think about tom and lex in africa but yeah. it was different because those guys made it like the whole way right right i know i i was only on for nine days and to develop a friendship a really a couple of friendships that are so so deep you know and um but, you know, when you go through something really horrible like that, I mean, it is terrible being out there. They really don't give yeah. you a balance bar. You don't get water. There's no place to go to the bathroom. You're, everybody's sick. I mean, everybody smells horrible, especially Todd. <laughs> he had the worst body odor. I love him, but my goodness, he needed soap. <laughs> and, you know, you see, you're going through this really difficult thing together. Something happens and you do bond. And every day feels like a week. And every moment feels like an hour. It's just because there's nothing to do. There's nothing to watch or, or you know, the, literally all you have is each other. And so it, you do, you bond in a way that it's kind of hard to explain. Makes sense. I think yeah. like a lot of times when you, maybe you move into like a college dorm and you got the people on your floor that you just yeah. end up... You may have nothing in common with them, but you end up developing this weird bond. Let's go back to the beginning here. Mm -hmm. And then I want to hear about your time on the show and life after the show. Tell me about how you, you touched on this briefly. How did you start watching Survivor? What drew you into Survivor? And then how did you, when did you decide, I'm going to do that? How did that all come <laughs> to fruition? Well, it was, I started watching from the first season and I just remember it being just this weird, I'm like, what are these people doing? They're so stupid. Why would they do this on purpose? You know? <laughs> and I just, but it was fascinating. It was like an accident that you couldn't look away from, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I kept watching and then I watched season two and I really liked season two. I connected so much with like Elizabeth and Roger and Tina, yeah. just those three specifically. I just remember feeling like they were living a they were living a Christian life and playing the game. So to me, it was very fascinating. Um, and then it was season three and I was watching it. And I remember I was in bed and it was the finale. And the whole time season three was on, that was like right around the time of 9-11. So mm, there was a lot, yeah. of, a lot of kind of, I don't know, uncertainty in the world, I guess. 
And it was a terrible season. Like, I don't mean terrible to watch. I mean, they got nothing. They had to drink blood. I mean, it was gross. It was horrible. It was terrifying. They had lions outside of their camp. And I'm just like, these people are so stupid. <laughs> and then I watched the, the finale and Jeff Probst said to them, would you do it again? And every one of them said, I'll do it again on a heartbeat. Wow. And I don't know what ha- I'm getting. Ch- I get chills every time I tell this story because I remit something in me was like, I have to do this. How can you be so miserable and want to do it again? And I think it's because I knew there was something they learned about themselves. There was something and it was like, an adventure, but with a safety net, like I didn't feel like the producers are going to let you die. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I guess it could happen, but I felt like they would do everything they could. So you could have this adventure with the safety net, um, and, and kind of see what you're made of. One second, Leslie, I just want to, just to clarify on survivor Africa while we're here, you're saying that you enjoyed the season. It was just that the conditions were terrible. Yes. Yes. Oh, please. I love, I love survivor Africa. Oh my gosh. It's one of the best seasons. And I absolutely like Lex, one of my all time favorite people. I absolutely love him and he knows it. I'm (laughs) like Gaga over Lex because he's just a sweetheart. And, um, and so I, I loved the season. It was just a horrible season. Like yeah. the, the, the terrain and the conditions were just awful. And so for all of them to say they would do it again, it was really impactful to me. Yeah, they were really, I remember they were really trying to ratchet up the intensity around that time. They did 42 oh, days. Oh, they did a good job. <laughs> for, yeah, 42 days in Australia. Then they yeah. go to Africa and then they were going to do uh, the fourth season in Jordan but then with 9-11 and everything, they ended up moving it to the Marquesas. Which was beautiful. And see, I oh, saw yeah. Marquesas. That was the first season that I had sent out an application. I was like, oh, blue water, beaches. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. I can't wait to be on Survivor. <laughs> and then, you know, I keep auditioning and auditioning, auditioning. And then I go to China in a lake that, like, smelled <laughs> like a, a sewage plant. And, oh. you know, it was just such a bummer. So. Yeah, it wasn't. China is a good season and it, really a very popular season. There's no one that dislikes Survivor China. Everyone right. loves it. But I will say it was not. I don't think it's the most aesthetically pleasing uh, season from a location standpoint. Right. Yeah. The location was pretty rough. It was gorgeous and it was mm-hmm. pretty cool. Like it was yeah. they had so much they could play off with the culture and everything. Um, but it was, I mean, literally all of us got sick, you know, even the people who were behind the scenes, everybody kind of got sick. You'll probably never see them back again in China. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There are a lot of things we might not see in China anymore. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you're probably right. So Leslie, uh, so you tell me you decided to apply after you saw that Africa finale, you watched Marquesas, you're like, this is awesome. And then you just kept sticking with it because they hadn't picked you? Did you ever get close at any point? No, no. I didn't even know if they'd ever received my application. I had no idea. And, um, and But I just knew that I was supposed to keep trying. And I almost felt like God was just using it to humble me and to make me realize, you know, you can't have everything. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. and, and I I got to the point, I mean, I was on the radio and I remember talking about it on the radio. Like, I'm trying out for Survivor again and you make a video and I had somebody contact me who was a listener, and she was a um, she was studying visual arts and you know videography in college. And she said, "I need to do a project, and I would like to do your Survivor audition video um, for my project." 
And I was like, all right. So she did. And that is the video that finally got me on the show. Wow. That's so cool. Isn't that the coolest? Yeah. That was when you probably had to make a VHS VHS, tape. yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) It was crazy. She did a great job. And she ended up putting it on a CD. And, um, you know, I ended up, well, they called me March 7th, 2007. I remember I was on the way to Target to get my daughter some stuff for a project that was due the next day. And I was like really mad. <laughs> I was like, why didn't you tell me about this? And they called and I like had to pull over because I was like shaking. And she's like, you know, we got your application, but we can't find a video for you anywhere. Can you send us a video? And I said, do you want me just to forward one from last year? Cause it was like the year before I had sent it and nobody called. And they said, sure, just send it through, you know, to this email address. I was like, all right. So I sent them th- that video. And they, they loved it. Actually, they used it on their CBS website as a video that is a really good video. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's probably, I would think that's on YouTube to this day, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is actually. It's on the, I believe it's on the CBS Survivor website too. It's like a, wow. hey, if you're looking to make a good video, this is how you do it. I guess a good question here for you, Leslie, is what what would be... For someone who wants to get on the show or wants to get on another show from CBS, maybe Big Brother, The Amazing Race, what what kind of tips, because obviously they liked your video, you mm-hmm. got some help with it, what kind of stuff are they looking for? What do you think makes a good video? Well, you have to remember that Survivor is a show about, like, it. you narrate it. Each contestant is a narrator. So you have to be able to tell a story. You have to be compelling. You have to look at, in the, at the camera in the eye, so to speak. You have to be comfortable in front of a camera, and you have to be have a big personality. Be yourself. Um, if you're a super shy person and you want to be on Survivor, you got to work your way out of that because they'll see right through it. They need you to be kind of a big personality, and and but be yourself at the same time. Um, they want to hear who you are and why you would be the ultimate survivor. I mean, it really is as simple as that. Um, they don't need you doing tricks. I mean, believe me, I bungee jumped. I, you know, dressed up like Gilligan. I did everything. I did a rap, you know, so I've done all of that. And that's not what they want. They want somebody who will look that camera in the eye and say, this is why I'm going to be the ultimate survivor. Here's my life. This is why I would be a good, um, giving them just a whole lot of information about all the different aspects of your life. Like, what do you do in a day? That's my best advice. Interesting. Do you think that your career in radio and being someone that's comfortable around cameras and microphones and stuff like that prepped you well? Because I would think a lot of it would be they want people who are going to feel comfortable around a camera. And if you freeze up around the camera, that wouldn't be something that they would want. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They... They definitely do take that into consideration. And I do think that that had a lot to do with, um, I, I really do, because they even told me, they said, you're just a compelling storyteller. And we love that. So, and that's why, I don't know if you'll see, like during the, the season, I was only on three episodes, but I had a ton of airtime because they are going to gravitate towards those people that can tell a story because that's who's telling it. Survivor doesn't tell the story. You do. 
And so if you don't tell a story compellingly, even if you're a good survivor player, you're probably not going to get a lot of airtime. Very true. And I think that is something that really played into Rick Devins's favor, being oh my someone in journalism yes. and TV. Yes. He knew exactly how to make good TV on oh, the last season. Oh, he worked it. He worked it. I love him. I got to meet him this summer. It was fantastic. Oh, wow. So yeah, yeah. you're going to have to talk about Hearts of Reality <laughs> later oh, in this course, episode. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always have been interested in that. So, mm-hmm. all right. So you get cast, you get the call, you find out you're doing it. How do you prepare? How much time do you have to prepare? And like, did they did they tell you what you had to wear at that time? Because sometimes I know they do that. Or were you able to pick your wardrobe and what you were going to bring with you? Well, in a in a way, you get to pick. Um, backing up, I'll just say I had I was called on March seventh. We didn't leave until June fifteenth, and I wasn't sure for sure. I was, they told me they were 98% sure they were going to put me on the show and gave me the shots and everything after my interview in April. Um, but they don't want you to know for sure because they don't want you telling people. So, um, it was about two weeks before that. And, um, before we left, when I finally got the call that I was for sure going and they told me to FedEx to FedEx three outfits, um, that I would want to wear on the show and that they would mail back the ones they didn't want me to wear. So, I did that, and then they mailed back two other outfits, and the one that you see on Survivor China is the one that they picked out. Oh, interesting. Yep. But you know what? I was—I kind of knew that was happening because I was yeah. like one of those psycho people who was on the <laughs> message boards looking for every little bit of information I could. Survivor so I sucks. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, I couldn't go on it afterwards though. Whew. Oh. Um, but anyway, the the outfit that I sent, I knew was like very sister Christian esque, you know? And I had a feeling that was kind of what they were doing with my character. And, um, and so the other two outfits were kind of bland and boring. And I did that intentionally because I wanted to wear what I wore. It was very strategic. Um, I wore a long skirt that I knew I could cut the bottom off and use in some capacity, which we use as pot holders. We use it as toilet paper and then rinsed it out. I mean, it was, we use those things like crazy. Um, we each got like a piece of my skirt and, uh, I wore a long sleeve, thin shirt that would protect me from the bugs and the sun, but wasn't like hot. Um, I was very strategic in what I wore. Did they let you have a luxury item? They asked what it would be and they let me pick it and they chose my Bible, but then they never gave it to me. Oh yeah. That was a bummer. Big bummer. When you were prepping for the show, what kind of, you only had a little bit. Did you do any extra exercise? I know some people like to do a little practice swimming. Um, did you, any fire making practice? Because I mean, I think you, since you have been auditioning, yeah, this has been something a long term goal. Did you prep yourself in any particular ways? Well, I was a fitness instructor, so I was in pretty good physical condition. You know, I I teach fitness classes even to this day. And so I, I felt pretty confident physically. Of course, I didn't bank on getting sick, which was the worst. I got a parasite, yeah. so I oh. was pretty sick. Um, but I also, I did do some running because I hate running and I was making myself do things I didn't like yeah. to do. Um, and I remember praying and being like, God, I really don't want to run. And he'd say, and he knows I love um, four-leaf clovers. And so I would feel in my heart, and I'm not saying God would say, Leslie, there's going to be a four-leaf clover on your run. But <laughs> I, I felt in my heart, like, if you keep running, you'll find a four-leaf clover. And sure enough, every time I'd run, 
and wherever I would stop, I would look down and there would be a four leaf clover. Wow. And so it was like this fun little game I played with God. And then <laughs> when we got to um, Survivor China and I was out there, I told my tribe, I said, I'm going to find a four-leaf clover here because God's been using him in my training. And and they all thought I was just weird. And um, so Denise <laughs> and I were on a walk in the back um, trail and we came across, a cl- I was like, oh my gosh, Denise, it's a four-leaf clover. And then I looked up and it was literally, and I'm not kidding, a field of four-leaf clovers. Wow. Like, like thousands of four leaf. And I like started sobbing. And of course she didn't know what to do with me. And, um, so I picked a clover for everyone and I, and I came back and I was so excited. It was like day six. And, um, and I was like running back to camp and they were all like, did you find food? I'm like, well, no, I found something better. <laughs> you know, God, you know, God showed me a whole field of four leaf clovers. And I said, here's one for each of you. And they popped it in their mouth. I like it was a spring salad or something. And I, uh, and I like my heart just fell. And so the producers were like, come here, Leslie. And I was like, crap, they're going to ask me about this. And, um, they said, how'd that make you feel? And I said, you know what? I think what God is trying to show me is that that was between me and him. I didn't need to involve them to feel affirmed. You know what I mean? Like it was just a really sweet moment between me and God, and I'm always going to treasure it. And I got to provide a spring salad in the process. So, <laughs> Sounds a little know. to me like uh, Noah's Ark with the rainbow. I'm not kidding. Reminder all of God's I, promises. Yes. All I could say to Denise was, my God is above and beyond anything that we could ever ask or imagine. And I'm just sobbing. And she's looking at me like, this woman is from outer space. And um, so, but it, I, you know, whatever. I had my moment. Nobody can take that away from me. <laughs> so tell me about what it's really like out there. I know we nowadays they don't really show the people suffer all that much. And so you hear sometimes people like, oh, I don't think it's as hard as it used to be. And some people think, oh, it's just the fact that they focus on the gameplay and everything. And I'm sure it is still extremely hard to live on an island. But my goodness, it sounds so difficult, especially in China. So I want to hear what it's really like, how you spent the time, and what was it um, What was it like from a faith standpoint, not having your church community, not having your Bible? All right. Well, um, it was boring. That's, I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. I know that that's the weirdest thing to hear, but it's so friggin' boring. It's like every day takes forever. You can't sleep at night because you're not comfortable. You're sleeping on bamboo with everybody's bodies, like just sort of flopping all over each other, you know, and everybody stinks and there's bugs and it's cold at night. Um, Like in China, it would get down to 60 degrees at night and we would be wet because it's just raining all the time. And then at night or in the day, it would get up to 120 degrees. So we were like in the world of extremes with weather. It was awful. Um, we would lay there and watch the moon go across the sky. Cause when it's dark, you can't do anything. You can't see anything. So we would just wait until the sun would come up and then we'd get up because we just, it was awful. It was just, Oh, I can't, I wish I could explain it. It was just boring and miserable, but there was this part of me that kept going, you're on survivor. This is the coolest <laughs> <Yeah>. thing ever. <laughs> so, you know, um, but it was, you know, I think really hard for me uh, because I was realizing for the first time how Christians are perceived in the world. 
And I didn't have any Christians there in, in my tribe to really kind of bounce things off of and talk, you know, talk through it. And I'm so, I am a verbal processor. So it was really hard for me to keep my mouth shut there. I really only talked about my faith when they asked. Um, and I did that because before I left, I, I really prayed about it. And I felt like the Lord showed me that Jesus really only answered questions. And then he would ask questions. He didn't go in there unless he was preaching and just start giving out information. So I said, I will do that. And I went in and, you know, everybody asked about my faith. I shared the gospel with everybody on my tribe and the other tribe. Um, but not having that support group was a lot harder than I thought. Um, not having my Bible, I did memorize a lot of scripture before I went out there. Um, but when you're out there and you're, you're starving and you're thirsty and you're delirious, like it was hard to remember it. And, um, so it was a, it was a different kind of faith that I had to live there. And, and it was pretty amazing just to be honest. Um, it showed me that I'm stronger than I ever thought I could be. So I would think you spent a lot of time in prayer. Yeah, I would get up really before everybody else and go down. There was this one area that was like a step that we had made. And I would sit on that step and I prayed for every person on my tribe. I prayed for my family. And um, I just would pray for our day and that we would, you know, be able to survive. (laughs) Um, Just prayed for God's guidance and how to play the game because every day it got more intense. And I was when I got voted out, I, I realized, you know, man's rejection is God's protection. He was Amen. protecting me from um, what was to come, which, you know, the, the game just gets harder. And I don't know that I was in a place where I could have, I don't know, walked out of there with my head held high, feeling like I played the best game I could as a believer um, unless I was gone. And so I feel like at that point, now it's a little different now, like it's been years since then. And I've learned a lot about myself and how to play the game. So if I played it again, it would be very different. I would play a very different game. Hmm, Um, Interesting. I would, it would be a good game, but it would be, I would play survivor. I wouldn't be so afraid. I think I was so afraid of making God look bad out there that it kept me from, from having an experience of survivor. Um, and when I came back and I really got, I mean, God and I had some pretty deep prayer times about it. You know, I'm like, I really just want to make you look. And it was like, he said to me in my heart. Now, again, he didn't go, Leslie. I mean, it was like in my <laughs> yeah. heart, I felt him say, you're not that powerful. Like you can't make me look bad. Um, so, you know, the rules of survivor are kind of like if you play Balderdash with your kids, you know, you, you write down these, these things that aren't true and you play and it's part of the game. Like it's okay to play the game of survivor. Just don't hurt people personally. Like it, there's a line. Um, and, and how to do that. I don't know, but I know that I would play very different than I did this time. Um, or last time because I'm more mature in my faith. Now I, I think, Fear kept me from the full experience. And, you know, there have been times where I'm like, oh, I wish I could play again so I could play without fear. Um, but I, I don't think that'll happen. I don't think that I played enough of a game 
for them to have me back. Oh, but no, 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 I'm okay with it. I, I've come to terms with it, but um, yeah. So a good example of someone, as you're talking about being a Christian and having to maybe lie sometimes or do something that might be a little dirty in the game of Survivor, I think about Gary Hogaboom. I'm not sure if you've met him over the years, but from Survivor Guatemala, who mm-hmm. famously said, I'm Gary Hawkins, I'm not Gary Hogaboom. Uh, and he's a very strong believer, and he had to do that in order to play the game. So it's I'm right. just thinking of him. Right. Yeah, he he played a great game. And I think Sunday played a good game. Yeah. Um, you know, she got to the final four. Yeah. And and I look at Tina. She won. Yeah. You know, there's been a lot of believers who've made it very far and, and were able to keep their integrity for the most part, but they played the game. And I feel like the the one place where I went wrong is that I played the game with integrity, which is awesome, but I didn't play survivor integrity. Like I I didn't give Survivor everything that it was um, wanting for me to give it. And I feel like there's an integrity of playing the game according to the game that is very different from real life, like everyday integrity. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it makes sense. Yeah, I I just feel like you you kind of want to respect the game and play it the way that it says that it should be played. And I was just, I was afraid. I was just afraid. Interesting. Yeah. I guess I want to know... So if you, you said if you got to play again, have you ever been contacted about coming back? Uh, yes, I have, actually. Um, it was on, it was one of the Blood versus Water. They were talking to me and my son. Oh, who, wow. Yeah, my son's amazing. But he's very, and I think one of the reasons they didn't um, pick us, he was, he's just very, um, he's kind, He's very kind, but he's an earthy guy. Like he hop trains and he's like a photographer. He's very um, different than me. I, I'm a born again Christian. He would say that he is a transcendentalist, you know? So I think they found that really fascinating, but I don't think he had that like, like power personality that, Interesting. Would, you know, I think they were afraid he'd be too nice to be honest. Oh wow! Um, and so, which is totally fine. And then they talked to me again, um, about, and it was pretty soon after that, it was like they had cast that. And then they said, okay, would you be willing in a second chances? And I was like, yes, of course. But then they never picked me. So not meant to be. Dang. I was thinking if they, if they have you on, it's gotta be, if they do second, second chances, I feel like, yeah, yeah, you could fit on there. I could. It's just, you know, they keep putting it off. I'm going to get, I'll be like 60. (laughs) (laughs) I'm 50 now. I was 38 and I was an old lady when I played the game. So I don't know. I, I feel pretty fit though. I feel like I could do it, but I, um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I think it's interesting when you talk about, would you say you felt convicted by the Holy Spirit not to be lying and stuff like that? Or do you think it was more of just a personal guilt type of thing? Because I think like watching Ooh. Matt Elrod, it seemed like God really wanted him to play the game the way that he yes. played it. And he was able to really use Matt in that way and furthering the gospel. And so I was just, I was curious if you think it's really, there is one certain way that Christians should play Survivor, if it's just a case by case basis. Oh my goodness. Jack, in 12 years since Survivor, nobody's ever asked me such a great question. (laughs) I'm not kidding. That is such a great question because you're right. I do feel like 
there's a difference between being convicted by the spirit and, and feeling guilty. And I think, you know, it was, it was like four years before I was selected for survivor that I had fully surrendered my life to Christ. And I was still carrying a lot of baggage from my legalistic upbringing. You know, it was like, don't do this. Don't do, it was a list of do's and don'ts instead of like just resting in Christ and like living your life and enjoying yourself. Like, um, and I feel like I was very afraid and kind of trapped a little bit. And the Lord used survivor to kind of pry me out of that a little bit and to show me, you know, you're not that powerful. Number one. And number two, like whatever mess you make, like don't go out and making messes intentionally, but if you make a mess, like God can totally clean it up and he can use it. And, and like, it's not so much about what we do as much as what do you do with it? Are you going to like, say, I am going to be a jerk and I'm going to be this. And then I'm going to not even care, you know, or are you going to say, I'm going to go play the game and I'm going to play it the way it's supposed to be played. Um, and then like, I'm going to look back and I'm going to go, okay, so I could have done that different. And here's what I learned from that. And I'm sorry that I did that. And it's called being a human. And, and I think when we get in that trap of, of, I have to do this and I have to do that, we lose touch of the spirit and the fear is very, very strong. Um, so I do think that a lot of what I was feeling was fear. Hmm. I don't believe the Holy Spirit would have convicted me to bluff in a game where that's what you do. I think that in real life, which is very different than Survivor, yeah, you want to be as, as open and honest as you can. But it was a game. And, and I think if I regret anything, I regret that I didn't play the game the way that I, it's almost, and this is going to sound very weird. I didn't respect the game enough to play it the way they wanted me to, because I was afraid. And I don't feel like I should have been so concerned about what I was doing because there was never any ill intention toward anyone else. There was never ugliness. It was just preserving a game and keeping your word with people who you were supposed to keep your word with. Very interesting. It's an interesting topic. Well, it was an interesting question. Oh my gosh, I don't think I've ever been able to answer it. I don't think I've ever even thought of it. <laughs> wow, thanks. Yeah, I appreciate that because I was just curious because someone else could approach the game and maybe the Holy Spirit is convicting them to be like, I, I think you should do this. And it's it's like how we are in real life. You know, yeah, God oh, can point us all. Di- yeah. And so yeah. like for some people, and this is where I think it can be a little tricky because for some people it could be like, Oh, like, are you kidding me? Like, you can do whatever you want. But like, maybe God, in some cases, he says, I, God's pointing you towards, I'd rather you play uh, this certain way of not backstabbing people. But in another person's case, it could be that God is kind of like, do your thing, like play the game. (laughs) Well, you know what, here is something that I'm going to give you an example, okay, of, of a time I lied. And you'll understand why I don't believe that I should have been so upset and so destroyed by myself when I did it. Okay, so when I went over to the other tribe and they gave me the the clue to the hidden immunity idol, and then I went back to my tribe, I had to lie to them and tell them, oh, it was just instructions on how to, um, you know, spy on their camp or something. I don't remember what I said, but I lied. And... um, and I beat myself up 
I remember they called me aside. They always, it's like they knew. They were like, Leslie, come here. We want to talk to you. I'm like, crap, here we go. So they were like, how did that make you feel? And you lied. And I was like, ah, I'm the worst Christian <laughs> in the world. And, but, but in retrospect, it's like, Leslie, you were protecting your alliance. So yeah, you lied. But if you wouldn't have lied, you would have hurt your alliance, which, you know, in a, in a way is just as much of a bad thing too. Like you either keep your word or you don't. And so there was no, no getting away from that without doing something that felt dishonest. But it was more out of preservation for giving my word to people that I would not say to my tribe what it was than it was. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I see what you're saying. So there was no way I could have not lied. I was going to lie to somebody. Either I was going to break my word to my alliance or I was going to lie to my tribe. There was no in between. So would you say Rahab in the Old Testament was protecting her alliance? Yeah, I would. And do you know, that's one of the things I read before I left. And so, you know, and in, in, in retrospect, I don't feel that about it now. At the time, it, it <laughs> yeah. destroyed me because I felt like I had let God down and was going to destroy his reputation. Boy, did I have a lot of pride. <laughs> I thought I was that powerful. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's called just you have to grow and you have to mature and you have to learn. And it, life is like that. And there are going to be times when you have to protect someone and you have to say something that you don't want to say. But that doesn't make you a bad person. And definitely it doesn't negate your salvation. It's not. It, God's not finished with you just because of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, I wanted to make that good old Old Testament joke there. For yeah, you. I love it. No, I read. I actually read about it. That's so cool. So yeah. you get voted out, and <laughs> you—I don't know if they call it Ponderosa, but they take the pre-jurors on a trip, right? What? Where did they take you? What'd you do? Um, pre. Okay, wait. What do you mean? After I was voted out? After you were voted out, because okay, yeah. the jury members go to Ponderosa. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we went to Ponderosa until Sharia was voted out. Okay. She was the sixth person person voted out. And then the six of us took a whirlwind trip of China on CBS's dime. So we got to go to the, the Great Wall of China in Beijing. We went to Shanghai to like this five-star hotel and got massages. We went to, I mean, like we went and saw <laughs> the uh, Terracotta Warriors. We went to the Tiger Leaping Gorge. We had an amazing trip. Um, the only problem is we were all sick. <laughs> oh no. We were all so sick that it was kind of hard to enjoy a hundred percent, but it was a great time. And I, I actually got really close to Sharia cause we were roommates. Um, it was, it was a really good experience, but that was hard being finished and not being able to talk to your family still. Yeah. I would think like when I, if I'm ever out of town and I feel sick, I just feel like I just don't want to do anything like I just want to stay in the hotel room and then you're like but I'm missing out on so much cool stuff yeah exactly yeah so it would you know I I don't know Sharia and I were looking at each other once and we were both getting a massage and somehow like she was on one table and I was on the other and we just kind of looked over at each other and started cracking up laughing (laughs) because it was pouring rain outside and we were like oh my gosh we're getting a massage and they are still in that rain and we were like for some reason, we feel very blessed right now. <laughs> We're going to be okay. So, yeah. Yeah, I guess that is a better place to be sick than on the oh, island. Yeah. Oh, yes, for sure. 
<laughs> so what was life like after the show? So now you've been on Survivor. You were on three episodes. How did your life change? Um, well, I mean, it really didn't change. I mean, I was already a speaker and um, a writer, and I had already was on the radio. That kind of increased more for a few years. Like, I was traveling all over the world speaking to different groups, like women's groups and youth groups and conventions, different things like that. So that was a lot of fun for me. Um, it's, of course, died down um, in, in recent years, which is fine. But um, nothing really changed except I, you know, I think my, my message before Survivor when I would speak was more like, you know, go for your dreams, yada, 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 you know, like live your life for God and all of that, which is great. But afterwards it was more, I felt like a, a more intentional, like when I would go into the church, I would give them a picture of how the world perceives us. Um, I started to really focus more on, um, like as believers, how can we love the world better? How can we do better? Uh, without compromising the gospel. How do we do that? And so my messages were more of a, like a plea to the church to love people, just love people and let God do his job and, and let the Holy Spirit do his job and let Jesus do his, you know, just love people and be authentic about it. They are not projects. They're not, we're not Amway salespeople trying to get a commission, a holy commission. We are just literally sinners saved by the grace of God. And it is God's kindness that brought us to repentance. So why aren't we being kind? Let's be kind. And that's kind of the only big change is like my message was more of like, I've been there guys. Like I see what these people are saying and how they feel and how they're being treated. Like we can do better. Yes, that's so good. That's so interesting to hear and really cool to hear about. What about public reaction? This is something you touched on briefly yeah. earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll give you, this is the way Jeff always asks it at the finales. He's always like, so what's been the reaction to you on the streets? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. Most people didn't recognize me unless my hair was curly. Because on, oh. <laughs> on the show, I was very, it was jungle hair. Like no product, no blow dryer, you know. Yeah. So, but, but if my hair was curly, people would stop me and be like, oh my gosh, Sister Christian. Nobody <laughs> knew my name. I was Sister Christian, which is hilarious. And um, so that went on for a little while, but not too long. And then, you know, the next season comes out and you're like old news. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, people's, the response to what I did was very, it was a 50-50 supportive and not supportive. I had some Christians who didn't believe that God could use a TV show. Um, and that what I did was not from him. I beg to differ, but you know, and you're welcome to have your, your opinions. I do think God can use a TV show and I think he should. I think there are people that need to understand that there is like, if you had a circle and, and in that circle was the culture, then you have another circle and that's faith. Okay. When those two circles collide, there's a sweet spot and that sweet spot is what God used on Survivor. Like it was a way for me to get people to hear the message of Christ. They would come to a church and hear my message because they were Survivor fans. Yeah, they'd never been to a church, and here they were. And so people came to know Christ. And I, I am so like 
that is so much better than a million dollars. I don't even care about the money. Like I am just so thankful for the platform that God gave me. And I used it to the best of my ability. I was as faithful as I could be. And, you know, I'm just thankful for it. It's awesome. So you did have, you mentioned, got some letters. Uh, yeah. And then you got some hate mail. Oh, yeah. There was... Um... <laughs> How did you deal with that stuff? And what was that, what was that like? Because, I mean, I would think that would kind of change your life in some degree. Well, it's funny. When I interviewed to be on Christian radio, one of the first things that the manager said to me was... I really need you to grow some tough skin because people, <laughs> you really don't wow. hear from them unless it's negative for the most part. I mean, really. And he goes, how do you, are you going to be okay? And I was like, oh, I'll be fine. Well, I wasn't. I was destroyed every oh. time somebody's, but it helped sort of build the the callus, I guess you could say, up a little bit. So when I was on Survivor, I was ready. Um, I don't really, Galatians 1.10 was my verse for those years. Um, and it says, Am I here to please people or am I here to please Christ? If I were here to be please people, I would not be Christ's servant. And so, like, I just had to go, you know, I don't answer to you. I answer to him. And I am sorry that you feel that way, but I'm not sorry for who I am. And, you know, I just, there were people that were upset that I walked out of the temple that, you know, some Christians said it made them look bad. I don't get that. Yeah, um, that's odd. <laughs> you made us look bad because we're so intolerant. I'm like, no. Like, there were Buddhists there. PG, she's a Buddhist. She told me face-to-face. She goes, you know, I don't blame you for walking out. I don't blame you. Like, I, I respect that. They asked every person on my tribe, what did you think about it? Every person on the show. And everybody said they respected what I did. So guess what you didn't see? You didn't see anybody's reaction because yeah. there wasn't any. Um, people actually, this is something I learned and this is powerful. People, when they know that you believe in God, when they know that you're a Christian, they expect you to be different. And to be honest, I think there's a part of them that gets disappointed when you're not. So I feel like in a way, people were glad that I did that because it showed them that I was real, that my faith was strong and that I was who I said I was. Yeah, I'm. it's still something that people remember to this day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a, I'm thankful that the world got to see one of the most defining moments of my life. But really, yeah. it was between me and God. It was yeah. just the, the most amazing experience of my life. Really cool to hear about. So how were you able to work through the negative in that time? And how long did that negative, how, how long did you feel the effects of that? Um, I felt a couple of years, you know, um, but I, I have also noticed there's there's a scripture in Proverbs that says that when when a man's life or a woman's life pleases the Lord, even his enemies are at peace with him. So the people who were offended or whatever, they still liked me. And that was one thing I noticed in Survivor Sucks. Like somebody would say something bad and somebody would go, wait a minute, don't talk about Leslie that way. Like they would get into it. I didn't have to say anything. Like it, it's like. I want to hate her, but I can't. Um, and so I just kind of trusted that, you know, the, the gospel is offensive. And if people are offended, that means something's happening. And, and I know that sounds weird, but I kind of looked at it as a positive thing. Like, okay, well, God, do your thing. Great stuff. I, that's really good. I, <laughs> I totally agree. Yeah. Um, and and it, it's hard to live through. I mean, especially if you're a people pleaser, which I would say the majority of women specifically are, 
um, you know, we want everybody to be happy. We want everybody to love us, but guess what? They're not. And they didn't love Jesus either. They crucified him. They called him crazy. Like, why would I expect any different? Well, I think sometimes I'm like, if they would put Jesus on the cross for living a perfect life and the stuff they do to me sometimes, like I'm getting off pretty good. Exactly. You're so right. I mean, he did not deserve that, but he allowed it for a purpose. And I think that is such a beautiful example for all of us. Like when we are persecuted, um, it sounds crazy. And I know sometimes when you're going through something, it's hard to hear scripture, but he says to count it as all joy. Like when you go through trials and various things, like count it as joy. James one. Yeah. That's, Great passage. It's hard to hear when you're going through stuff, but uh, it doesn't mean you're supposed to not feel the pain of it or the, the, the heaviness of it, but it is, it, it means you're supposed to feel hope in it. And, um, and I definitely did. What did your, how'd your kids feel about seeing you on the show? Were they like, were they really proud? Were they embarrassed at times? They give you a hard time about anything. My kids loved every moment of it. Now they got a little tired of it after a couple of years. Cause you know, people, when they find out you're on survivor, they just want to talk about it. So they get, they just kind of do the eye rolls. Like it's just my mom. It's just mom. She's nothing special. And, um, you know, but I have always been such a fan that I promised myself and I promised God that if I were to get on the show, I would never like back down. If somebody wants to talk about it, I'll talk about it because I remember being that fan and wanting to talk about it. And there were a couple of people, I will not mention names who I would meet who were on survivor who didn't want to talk and they were kind of snooty. And I was like, come on, like, you're my connection. But um, so I was like, I'm not going to be like that. I'm going to be as gregarious and open and and real as I can with people. With you being such a huge fan of the show and being accepted into this big survivor fraternity, I would think meeting some of these people, you were fangirling out. Who were you really excited to meet and who was great to you that you had looked up to before? There's just so many. Um, well, you know, Tina Wesson was always my favorite. And I remember my husband was in a restaurant in Atlanta and he saw her and he approached her for me. He called me. He goes, Tina Wesson's here. I go, you have to go get her autograph. He's like, oh my gosh, okay. So he walks over there and she actually got on the phone with me and talked to me and said, keep trying out, Leslie. You'll get it one day, blah, blah, blah. Well, fast forward many years later, I meet her at Hearts of Reality, which is a fundraiser I do every year for Give Kids the World. And when I met Tina, she was just as lovely. And I told her, I go, you probably don't remember this, but my husband approached you and at last she goes, I remember that. And (laughs) and so that was just such a joy. And then we've had some really fun times together. She actually rode her motorcycle to my house and we um, did a fundraiser together in in South Carolina. So um, she's been my favorite. And of course, I love Sandra. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I love Sandra so much. And um, seeing her on it again is just making me giggle, but she's just, she's so real and so raw and so honest. Um, it's refreshing and Boston Rob love him. He gets a bad rap sometimes, I think, but I absolutely love that guy. He's a really good guy and a good family man. And, um, he's good to fans. He's really good to them. That's what when I they heard. come up to him. Yeah. 
He's uh, uh, I've tweeted at him a couple of times and he's tweeted back and I was pretty pumped up yes, about it. Yes, <laughs> yes. I tell you, I almost passed out when I met Kobe um, or Col- Colby from uh, Survivor. Colby, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Colby Donaldson. Oh, my goodness. I met him at the 10-year reunion and I was like really, really fangirling hard. Um, but my <laughs> husband was standing next to me, so he kept me grounded. Um, <laughs> So yeah, it's just been kind of neat. They're all just family now. You know, your your family isn't just your season. It's every other season as well. We have a, actually I started a Facebook page. Um, it's a private one. Only Survivor players can be on it uh, where we can all keep in touch. Like if we're going to a different city, hey, who's in this city? And like we meet each other. It's like we've known each other all of our lives. So it's pretty cool. That is so cool. I've always thought that community is just so cool. And you mentioned a little bit Hearts of Reality. You've also gotten to meet the Big Brother and Amazing Race people as well, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anyone in uh, any other shows? Um, well, okay, The Island. I don't know if you remember The Island. Uh, it was kind of a quick show, so, but it was really cool. It's not in the UK still, I think. Is or, it? Okay. It might be. I'm not sure. I met Buck Parker from that. I met some guys from Naked and Afraid. Um, LJ is hilarious. And, uh, what we, when we go to hearts of reality, those of us who are Christians will meet together and do prayer like once a day. And we'll just meet in one of the rooms and just pray for the whole event for each survivor and and amazing race, whatever, all the contestants who are there, the fans, the, the kids who are being helped. It's just really, really fun. That's so cool. So who's Mm -hmm. a part of this, uh, in over the years, who's been a part of this prayer group? Uh, well, okay. So me, uh, Jeremiah from, I don't remember what his season was, but yeah, he was the pretty guy. versus beauty versus yeah, 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 yeah. Jeremiah would, uh, Tanya Vance. Uh, let me think who else has been from survivor. There's been when Giuseppe is there, she'll come. Uh, I don't know. You're putting me on the spot. I'm trying to think all the (laughs) lovely people, Sunday, Sunday Berquist, of course. Um, uh, Oh goodness, there's so many more. Uh, well, LJ was there, McKinnon. He was the guy from um, not McKinnon, not LJ McKinnon. He's from Survivor. The guy from EJ Snyder from Naked and Afraid. I haven't uh, seen Naked and Afraid. Yeah, well, it yeah, it's different. Yeah. <laughs> They're naked, so be careful. Um, and then just whoever is a believer. Okay, and B Hennington, who was on. Oh goodness, I don't even remember the name of the show. But it was like they were a solitaire, solitary. Or oh, like yeah. That. I never saw yeah. that. I heard about it. Though. Yeah. She's great. And Kendra or Kendra Guffey from um, Pirate Master. I mean, it's just neat. We're all just <laughs> very close. So it's yeah. been it's been fun. Do you so what shows do you watch? Because I'll tell you a couple I watch. I'll, I, I'm in on Big Brother now. I just yeah. watched this past season. That was mm-hmm. the first one I, I'd seen the whole time. Um I just started watching the challenge. Um, oh, fun! Yeah, it's fun to see Josh from Big Brother on there. Yeah, yeah. He seems like a really cool guy. And then yeah. uh, I, the last season of Amazing Race, I loved. I thought it was so fun to watch. Well, okay, I don't watch Amazing Race. I will admit. Um, <laughs> I don't know why it gives me anxiety. It's just it's so <laughs> fast paced and travel and like heights. I'm like, ugh, just no. But I do watch Survivor. And I watched Big Brother. That's kind of a fun thing. And I do watch The Bachelor, so I know that's bad, but <laughs> I cannot help it. It's like a train wreck that you can't look away from. Um, yeah. Bachelor, Bachelorette, all that stuff. But really, that's the extent. I don't really watch a whole lot of TV, um, but I love 
those reality shows. Yeah, I I feel like so the Bachelor. I used to watch. I've watched it for a couple years, and for me, it kind of ran its course. Where it's kind of like, okay, I kind of seen everything I can see on here. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the last couple of the last season wasn't crazy about with the Bachelorette. Got kind of messy, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely got messy. Yeah, I mean, it, sometimes I go, "Why am I doing this?" But then I just <laughs> keep doing it. So. But, you know, sometimes I get to meet those people at Hearts of Reality, so it's kind of fun to know their stories and stuff. Yeah, that's so cool. So I guess something I'm interested in talking about, I know you don't have too much time left. Um, mm-hmm. we, I won't keep you here too long. But I'm I'm curious about how social media has kind of changed about the way we've watched these shows. Uh, mm. When you played, it was MySpace. And nowadays, people can get <laughs> lit up on Twitter for whatever happens to them and you you had mentioned that you should kind of be ready for that if you're going on these shows oh yeah i'm just curious to hear your whole take on social media and reality tv and just kind of hearing you know about luke p on the bachelorette and some of the stuff that was going on with him and i've heard some other bad stories about people just having a really rough time well, you know, I, I can't stand that people can get behind a computer and say whatever they want and not even care. I think sometimes people get a little confused. Uh, people who are on reality shows are not just characters. They're human beings and they have feelings and they have lives and they have families. And, and some of the things that can be said, like, oh my goodness, I won't even mention it, but there was somebody on this season who's getting some, some bad things said to him on Twitter and it's personal and it's awful. And I just want to just go, what is wrong mm, with people? Yeah. So I think that's one of the reasons that I created a safe space on Facebook for survivor players, because we need to go somewhere where there's just love, you know, where people go, you know what, we get it. We've been there. People said crappy things about me too. Like we have, sometimes we just go on threads where we just talk about all the funny, horrible things people have said. And, you know, it's just like, you have to kind of go, this is just part of it. You, you kind of take the, the chicken from the chicken soup and like get rid of the bones. You can't take what people are saying to heart. You just got to kind of know who you are. And, and, and if you don't, trust me, this process will help you learn. It's <laughs> <laughs> very so, interesting. It's tough. Yeah. I was thinking mm-hmm. about, it seems like the people who have the easiest time with the kind of reaction that you get are the ones who kind of are ready to portray a villain or like I think about I know you're friends with Johnny Fairplay it it seems like Mm -hmm. he's had pretty thick skin and has had a lot of fun with some of the people who were really against him uh, a long time ago oh yeah yeah well he doesn't care what you think he's never cared he's like whatever um but you know he he's trying I think to turn over a new leaf and has uh, become a Christian he got baptized last yeah, year so cool and um, so he's really it's things have changed with him so I think there's a part of him now that does care to a certain degree but it's nowhere near like you know the average person <laughs> <laughs> he, he's still John and I told him I go you know just because you're a believer don't lose touch with who you really are like yeah let let God change you one step at a time so. And I could be wrong, but from my read on things, it seemed like a lot of the stuff he was doing on the show, he had just created this WWE type character oh, and that yeah. he's a yeah. really awesome guy in real life. He really is. He's a great guy. I, I mean, he, he has his days, you know, where I just want to strangle him. But for the most part, <laughs> Johnny's a good guy. I love him. We actually got into a little, 
it was funny. I'm like, are we fighting the other day on our Facebook page? Um, <laughs> he, he rolled his eyes at, or he like put a Z, like I said something nice and he sometimes is like, stop being so nice. And so he put this like face and then I put it like a mean face and a rolling eye face. And then he did a kissy face and I did a huggy face. And I'm like, did we just like fight and make up and emojis? It was hilarious. <laughs> so yeah. All right, Leslie, I want to get to a few of these listener questions, and then I'm going to give you a chance to promote anything you want to promote, um, and then I'll let you go. So first question, this one comes from my dad. He wants to know, how long are the tribal councils? Forever. Not 10 minutes like it seems, I promise. (laughs) I want to say ours was the one that I went to (laughs) was was like two hours, but I've heard they've been an hour and a half to all the way up to four hours even. So, wow. yeah. It's insane. You know, I think a lot of the time people are like, why would Jeff ask that person? Like, why you feel like you're on the hot spot? But it seems I've heard he asks everyone that question, but we only see the ones that play into the story. And oh, that's no. part of why it's so long, right? Yeah. But he, it's not that though. He, he knows what to ask each person. Yeah. He's very, very aware of what's going on in the show. The next question comes from my mom and also has to deal with Jeff Probst. She wants to know, when Jeff is narrating the challenges, does Mm -hmm. that ever get under your skin or distract you? Are you ever just like, Jeff, come on, (laughs) stop. You know what? You don't even hear it. You're so involved in the moment. Like you're totally in that moment. His voice is not even, I don't even hear it when I was in it. And, um, but I'll tell you, as I'm watching it, it's annoying. I'm like, stop it, Jeff, stop it. Leave her alone. You know, but yeah, he'll be like, she's still back here struggling with her puzzle pieces. And I'm like, oh my gosh, let's call it Captain Obvious here. But you know, I don't know. But yeah, I didn't even notice it. You're, you're so like, every bit of endorphin is kicked in because you have no energy because you have no food or water. <laughs> so, so you're just in a zone. It's crazy. That's so, that's so funny. You know, it's like... I think Jeff was at his best when it came to doing a challenge when he finally snapped with the attack zone in Thailand. Oh, yeah. 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 (laughs) No, 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 no. No, you can't. You can't put your arms around his throat. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's definitely now that he's one of the producers, too. He's like really involved in stuff. So he's I think he's doing a good job with it. I do. He is. Yeah, he's doing a good job. Okay, I'm going to pull up a couple other questions that I had. My sister, Laura, she was wondering, how do they set up the confessional slash interviews? Like, do they pull you aside and ask you questions? How does that work? Yes, they do. They um, they pull you aside. Like, we call it side twos. <laughs> and um, they'll pull you aside if you're if you have something to say. And if you do have something to say, you tell them, hey, I'm ready for a side two. And if they're not talking to anybody else, they'll pull you aside right away and, and let you do your thing. But um they'll ask you questions that are pretty specific to what you're doing and the way that you have to answer it. Like if they say, did Denise make you mad this morning? You can't say, yeah, she made me mad this morning. You have to say, Denise really did make me mad this morning when she blah, 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 blah. You know, so they'll ask questions, but you have to answer it so that it, nobody hears what they've said and that you're just kind of coming up with this question. So Interesting. Yeah. I know there have been a couple of people who are like the type of people when they probably do this in real life. When you ask them a question, they repeat the question. They're like, do yeah. I trust Dan? No, yeah. I don't trust Dan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
you can't, yeah, you can't um, just answer a question. You have to say what they said in a way that makes it sound like you're just conversing or narrating. So I think some people might have a more difficult time getting adjusted to that than others, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. For me, it was pretty seamless. That's kind of what we do in radio. Yeah. Um, So I, I wasn't a big deal for me. But yeah, some of the people kept getting in trouble. It was funny, John Robert, I they called me back to so many side twos, like I don't know why they liked talking to me. And um he he would go, Leslie's gonna win. They keep taking her back to the confessionals. <laughs> what is she doing that they need to keep talking to her? But like it really wasn't anything. He just I, I think um I don't know. I don't know. I think I think the guy, one of our producers really liked hearing some of the things that I had to say. And he had questions that really didn't even have to do with the game. So I just went with it. Do you ever think that that could be something that if if someone is getting pulled over and is giving really good sound bites that people are like, we got to get rid of them because they're taking my yes. screen time? Yeah, I think I think that that's one of the reasons why John Rivera was OK with voting me out. I mean, he told me that he told me that he goes, you were just they kept pulling you aside. So I figured you were up to something no good. And I was like, so unfair. <laughs> so unfair. I wasn't. Yeah. Uh, but you know, yeah, you got to be careful. Sometimes, you know, sometimes if, if somebody keeps calling you back, you just say, you know what, call somebody else. I'll go back and, you know, an hour or two or whatever. So that way the, the light gets off. Anytime you bring attention to yourself or anytime the light is on you, you want to get it off of you. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, my aunt Barb would like to know, she has a funny question. Do any of the girls shave their legs while on the island? LOL. No, 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 no. Mm-mm. We were hairy. Armpits, legs, everything. We look like men by the end of it. <laughs> it was pretty gross. <laughs> Unless you win a challenge where you can do that, which I, of course, didn't. But, um, yeah, that's pretty gross. Pretty gross. I'm amazed that, like, people do the showmance thing with all that nope. going on. <laughs> I don't get it. I'm so glad I didn't have to witness that. We didn't have any of that going on. <laughs> Ugh, gross. I, I wonder with the showmances if people ever target them just because they're annoyed. They're like, eh, they're just tired. Like, not for the point. We saw it a little bit last week on the show where they're like, they're a showmance. And, like, I wonder yeah. if some of it is just like, eh, it's just kind of annoying to be around rather than, like, the whole strategic aspect of it. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. That would be really annoying. <laughs> that would be super annoying. And, and it's kind of like, it's just not the place. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Zoe Jeffrey would like to know, how do people mm-hmm. that take medication get their medication? Well, okay, so I was on a couple of things um, when I was out there, but um, was not allowed to take it when I was out there, uh, like allergy medicine, um, ADD medicine, stuff like that. They wouldn't let me take it. So it was funny. I was like, I'm just going to be sneezing and going, where, what was I doing? <laughs> <laughs> what, where, where am I? Um, but to be honest, it's, I think the people who have medicines that need, they need to be on, they have a medicine box where people keep their stuff, where they have to go take it every day. Um, but I, I feel like when you're out there, it's almost like a, the first couple of days are really hard, but it's almost like a, a cleanse, you know, yeah. you, all of the toxins go away. You're not, I don't know. I, I didn't even feel as ADD out there and I didn't feel, I didn't have any allergies, it was crazy. So I think a lot of what we do to ourselves in our environment with our food and our diet has to do with why we're taking so many medicines. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. For yeah. me, 
I have to take synthetic thyroid hormone now for the rest of my life because I no longer have a thyroid. Um, right. Yeah. Oh, and, they would let you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but would I would still think that would just be really tough with my diet and everything, that that would just be really not good for my body. So I've kind of given up the hope of playing Survivor, and now I'm like, maybe I'll get on Big Brother one of these years. Yeah, I mean, it could happen. Totally. It would be a much easier show. It would be harder, I think, mentally and emotionally because it's so much longer. Yeah. And it's like people that are just like total type A's. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I think it would be... A pretty cool show. I'm trying to get my daughter on it next year. Oh, wow. Yeah, she's great. She's hilarious. She's 21. She's got red hair. She's gorgeous. And she has like a fitness blog. So I'm hoping they'll take notice. Oh, I think I actually noticed she has like a really big following, right? On yeah, Instagram? she does like almost 70,000, I think, which I don't know if that's a big deal, but it seems like it. She that gets paid to do deal. stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, she's pretty awesome. So I'm hoping Survivor, or not Survivor. She doesn't want to be on Survivor. She's like, that's that's crap. But I think Big Brother would be her thing. <laughs> wow. So. With that following, I might have to have her on the podcast sometime, too. Oh, you should. She's, she would be great. She's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Okay. A, a couple more questions here. These come from Rachel Gerhart, who's a frequent guest on this show. She's a huge reality fan. Um, and she wants to know... What were the greatest mental challenges you faced while on the island? You definitely touched on this. Okay. The toughest mental challenge, I think, was um, being on a tribe with people who are cynical. And how do you um, do that? Because it's almost like you kind of lose your capacities a little bit for a while. Like your sense of north and south and east and west because you're just so discombobulated from not having any food or or water, you know, that doesn't taste like smoke. Um, and so it was, I think just kind of trying to find my bearings and, and be myself and not be too over the top. Um, cause I, I, one of the, one of the words that I gave them to describe myself, what I told CBS was that I am overwhelming. My personality can be a little overwhelming. So I really have to watch myself and I can do better with that when I'm fed <laughs> and when, when I'm hydrated. So I think that was, it was a challenge, but I did it. I mean, I think I did all right. So I don't know. That would probably be it. Yeah, that makes sense. Her other questions, and these are other things that you already touched on before, but uh, if there's anything else you want to add, what has life after Survivor been like? She wants to know. Um, pretty similar to what it was before, just considering what I was already doing. Um, just a little, you know, a little more oomph the first few years afterwards. And now I think probably the biggest difference is that my family has increased by, you know, over 500 people. Um, (laughs) because we've had so many people on the show now that you literally, you form bonds with people who weren't even on your season just because you've been through the same thing. And we're all very close. It's, it's kind of odd. Um, it's it's probably the best thing I've gotten out of Survivor is the relationships. Sounds really cool. <laughs> yeah, it those. is. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, it doesn't matter what state I go to. Like, there's going to be a Survivor there. And we can get together. And we've never met. But it's almost like we always were friends. Yeah. You know? So, kind of neat. Who have you met with recently? Well, this summer, I had a get-together with... Um, 
the moms, like I, we call it mom, the mom squad. And it's like <laughs> women who've been on Survivor who are moms. And we have our own little group. And so I had a, a big thing at my house. And so Mama C was here and Missy, no, Missy wasn't here this one. She was at the one before. Um, and uh, Chrissy Hosbeck was there and uh, Lisa Kiefer and Jillian Beam, who was Dr. Jill. Uh, we all got together this summer and they came and we went on hikes and we just had a really, really good time. We do, we do that like once a year. We try to get together and we just invite all the moms and whoever shows up, great. And whoever can't, maybe they can come next time. So it's awesome. I'm I, locally where I live. I've, I've seen Sierra and Joe, they live near me and also Nalia and I see Todd frequently cause he's right up the road now. So I'm, I'm in a, Oh, and Jonas. Yeah. yeah. He's here in, in the Salt Lake area. So, so is it's kind of fun. Joe, I know Sierra was from Utah. Joe now living there. Cause they're gay. Did yeah. they get married? They're not married yet. They're Close. almost, I okay. think. <laughs> I don't think they're quite there yet, but last question I have here from the listeners. And this is also from Rachel Gerhardt. She would like to know, do you want to play again? Yes. You want to do it again? You coming back? <laughs> I mean, I want to. I don't know if they'll have me back, but oh my goodness, I would love it. That would be a dream come true. But I've already had my dream answered. So there's a part of me that's like, I kind of want to give people an opportunity. But if they're going to bring people back, like sign me up, I would love to do it. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. So Leslie, before I let you go, this was just an awesome conversation. This was so much fun. Um, I'm really glad we were able to do this today. Me too. Thank you. Thanks for your patience with me. <laughs> oh, my life course. has been crazy. <laughs> Mine has been too. It's it, yeah. It worked out. Yeah. Glad we were able to make this work. So my, uh, I want to know, are you able to raise any more money for hearts of reality? Is there anything that you'd like to promote right now? <laughs> um, People, should people check you out on Twitter or Instagram, anything of that nature, your blog? Yeah, I am on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I'm probably most active on Facebook because I'm old. You know, that's where all the old people <laughs> live. And um, But I do, I can, whenever I post something, it's on all three. Um, so if you want to keep up with me, you can find me at e any of those. And then um, I do have a blog, but I don't write very much anymore. So I don't know if I would recommend that you go to that. Um <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I do raise money for Give Kids a World every single year. And um, so I'm super excited to be – I'll do it again next year. I don't know if I'm going to go through Hearts of Reality. I kind of feel like they need space for people who are, like, newer survivors to be there. But they do have a black and white tie event that I want to go to and go support them. Um, the Give Kids a World Foundation is amazing. It's just – Literally, it's breathtaking what they do for this family, you know, these families of these kids who are really with critical illnesses. And um, they bring them to Disney for a week and they treat them like princesses and, and princes. And just it's lovely. It's just lovely. And once you experience it, you just want to help it. So <laughs> I will be raising money for them again this year, I am sure. So look for that on my social media. Awesome. Well, Leslie, anything else you want to add while you're here? Well, I just want to say thank you for the interview. Great questions. It was very long. So if anybody listened to this whole thing, you are my favorite person in the world. And I need you to send me a tweet right now and tell me that you listened to the whole thing. And I'm going to, I don't know what I'll do. I'll do something sweet. <laughs> something special. 
<laughs> but that's awesome. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Leslie. And uh, hopefully we can talk like about stuff like this in the future on yes, here sometime. That would be awesome. Thank you so much, Jack. You have a great day. So that does it for my conversation with Sister Christian, Leslie Niece. Thank you to everyone for listening and sticking around. And thank you to Leslie for being so generous with her time today and sharing so much about her faith, about her life, about what it's like being on Survivor, what it's like being on a reality show, exposing yourself to the public. I don't know about you guys, but if you saw Survivor China, I really enjoyed watching her. She was a great character and she was so interesting to hear what she had to say about the experience today. So I want to say thank you to her. Thank you to everyone for listening. If you would like to get in touch with me on social media, you can follow me at Jack Vita Show on Twitter. The name of this podcast, no spaces in between, Jack Vita Show. Tweet me your thoughts. Love getting in touch and hearing what people are thinking and saying about this podcast. As I mentioned earlier this week, I had some great conversations about the World Series and manager openings and the Cubs hiring a new manager, David Ross. So you can go back and listen to those if you're looking forward to what's coming up. I should have an episode where I break down the World Series results at some point with Chad Vaughrine, who previously joined me when we podcasted on the MLB trade deadline a lot of fun. He's a great mind. He's from the Cheap Seats podcast over at KTCU Radio. So highly recommend you're going to want to listen to that. And in addition to that, not sure when, but there will be an NBA preview show dropping. Even though the NBA season has begun, there will be an NBA preview coming up. It's been a little difficult with all the baseball action to be fully invested in the NBA, but we will get you that. So look forward to that. Tyree Thomas is going to join me. We might have American Ninja Warrior star Parker Gatewood as well joining us for that. So plenty of stuff to look forward to. Once again, thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Other than that, I am finished for now. Hope you all have a great day. Bring in the dancing lobsters. <laughs>